Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I am honored, absolutely honored, to be sitting here with author Amelia. Hi, Amelia. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I am really, really glad to be talking to you about the book that you published in 2017. It's called What Nobody Knew. And can we just go ahead and dive right in into your book? Absolutely. This is a really, really important book to me. So I decided to write a book. Uh, It was my husband's idea. My husband said that I've lived more lives than one person should have. And I should write it down and, and introduce it to the world because there's so many people that know what goes on behind closed doors, but they don't actually... They, they just have a glimpse of what goes on behind closed doors and uh, it's sort of educating them in a way. And also there's so many people in the world that many of these things have happened to, but don't talk about it. They hide it. They don't, they don't want to show it. And I thought I'm going to write this book and I'm going to educate these people. I'm going to help these people. And I'm going to show people that it doesn't matter what bad things happen to you. You can still come out the other side and you can still be okay. That was the, the starting point of the book. Okay. So this is definitely a nonfiction because this is something yeah. that came from your experience and your heart and everything you went through. Yeah. So can you please give us a little bit more how this how the book starts? Obviously, I'm in the UK. <laughs> and um, uh, so the book starts in a in a town called St Albans. Okay, I'm three I'm three years old, and I'm walking through the busy market, and um, my mum's holding my hand. We come to a clearing, and she crouches down to me, and she says, "I'm just going in that shop. I'll be back in a minute." And she never comes back, and I'm just left there standing by myself, and that was it, really. Um, I don't really really remember anything else after that so the chapter then I, I fill you in that um my mum went to went to court and said that my dad should have full custody of me um and I explain that bit but I don't explain it as seeing it because in my book I only give you what I was there for and then the the narrative changes when I wasn't there because I still have to fill in the gap and so uh she gave my dad full custody my dad then uh remarried to this lady that became my stepmom and uh she was a manic depressive and he was a raging alcoholic so you can see which way the the story goes from there. So you right. know, my dad would have violent outbursts, and he would beat me, and my stepmom would be shouting her head off. There's there's a point uh, at the beginning of the book where he's been on a uh, a drinking spree at the pub. Uh, he's come home. Uh, my stepmom's had this roast dinner, which you know she cooked for him. He's home late for it. He comes in drunk. She starts shouting at him, and then he says, "Come here." Uh, let me give you a kiss. So she leans in for a kiss and he headbutts her and breaks her nose. There's blood everywhere. She grabs me. They're screaming. You get the idea. That's that's oh. tough. Can you mm. tell me a little bit more about having to write these scenes, having to write these chapters? Because it's, it really dig deep into your memories, your psyche. Okay, well, I hated it. Absolutely hated writing it with a vengeance because I got nightmares again. I was um, terrified again. 
Because what you've got to imagine is, is that when you're writing a chapter, you have to take into consideration that this person that you're writing for wasn't there. They don't know. You need to really paint the picture. So for one memory for me, I had to slow it right down and replay it sort of in slow motion to sort of get every detail, but then repeatedly play, play it and repeatedly and repeatedly to make sure that you have it exactly as it was. Right. And, um, so you're not living it once again, you're living it several times. It was horrible, absolutely horrible writing it, but this is going to sound really strange, but being able to give my book to somebody else and say, here, you go through the same things, because then you feel like you're supported. You feel like everybody else is going through the same as what you have. And so you feel connected in some way. Do you, I know this might be a weird question or even a wrong question. I'm all for the weird question. <laughs> <laughs> but when somebody reads this or even read the synopsis of this, mm. you have to prepare yourself that they're going to talk to you about this again mm -hmm. and again, or different yeah. readers will bring it up again. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you... I mean, I guess being the writer, you have to expect that, that this is what yeah, we would want to talk about. How does that make you feel? Is it more like, I'm glad they're talking to me about it because we get to discuss it and it may be helping the other person? Because at the beginning, you said this was very educational for somebody. And me just mm -hmm. sitting here talking to you, it already feels like it is educational. I feel like I can just open up and talk to you about any of this. But how does yeah. that make you feel when they, they, that's all they really usually talk to you about, bringing it up again and again? The, the thing is, is when people talk to you about it, it's funny because not everybody has the same look on it. Different people pick different parts of it. So, like, it wasn't just me being left. It wasn't just abuse. Spoiler alert. Um, my real mum came back when I was 17 because a doctor came to me and said, You're, you know, you need to be in contact with your real mum. When she left me, I didn't see her for any of that time. And then when I went to go and meet her, I imagined that she was going to be this celebrity that left me because it was a scandal or, you know, she left me because, you know, of all these hardships that she had or, you know, all the imagination that I had. And I never got the answers because when I met her, she was dying of a brain and muscle wastage disease called leukodystrophy. Um, she also had dementia and she was in a wheelchair. So she couldn't, she didn't know who I was. She didn't know who she, she was. She didn't know what day of the week it was. So what I mean is, is that people pick different parts of the story that they related to. And they talk to me based on that. Like I had a lady who, you know, leukodystrophy hits one in one million people. It's, it's not a, a well-known disease. Hence why she died, because there, is, there isn't a cure. Science hasn't got that far yet. But the lady contacted me and said that one of her family members had leukodystrophy and how, you know, she connected that way, which was really unusual because she's the only person that's ever contacted me like that. It's interesting and it's, it's lovely hearing everybody's stories and how it helped them and how they, I get a lot of, a lot of people say to me, how are you so normal after all these things have happened to you? And that, that's the main one that I get. But, you know, talking to people about it is good because it doesn't feel like a dirty secret. Right. Know, because a lot of people 
don't talk about it because they feel like it's a dirty secret, you know, because bad things happen to you. It's not. It's just life. That's, you know, that's what happens. When you're younger, going through that, even through your teenage years, a lot of times you feel alone. No, the main thing is, is that when I was a child and I was going through this, Mm -hmm. I thought it was normal. You don't, you don't think it's abnormal because you're a child. I didn't go to school and say to my friend Emma, oh, does your daddy hit you like my daddy hits me? You, you, you as a child, you don't have that brain power to be able to think it's wrong. You don't like it, but at the same time, nobody else is talking about it with you, so you just think it's the norm. The fact that you titled it What Nobody Knew is really fitting to what you've said so far. Mm. It's absolutely fitting starting it as a, as a three-year-old, going through the, the title, truly what mm. nobody knew. That kind of stuck throughout the book. But I also... I also put um, two sides to the story. So you have my side of the story and then you have social services side to the story because I'm one of the first, well, I think I'm the only book that's got genuine social services documents in it, a police interview and a conviction because I had to ask a judge's permission to be able to put the documents in the book because I, I wanted you to look at my side, their side and you decide. And um, it took him six months to come to a decision about putting the documents in because nobody had ever asked him before. How surprised were you? How did you how did you feel when you read those documents? A lot of it was not how you experienced it. No. So when so I, I did this thing called a subject to access request, which means that you ask social services for your documents. Um, and nowadays I, you know, I, well, back when I wrote it, I assumed that everything was going to come via email because that's, that's the way of the world. It didn't. It came and there was like a thousand pages of oh, wow. just document. Well, because they were in my life from three all the way up. Right. And obviously I, I didn't put a thousand documents in the book because otherwise it would have made it so right. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I think I put something like 15, 16 documents in there which just show you that they were saying to me that as a child this happened and um, the father's drinking again and they, uh, she comes from a violent background. And, and you know, so I wanted to put them in. So you, I don't tell you who the bad guy is. I tell you what I went through. Mm-hmm. I tell you what social services said. And then I let you make your mind up because I'm, you know, I'm not telling you who the bad guy is. Right. Because I don't think it's fair. I think that if I'm to tell you what's what then you're not telling it correctly you have to you have to say this is what happened and and you decide so as a reader you're pretty much presenting all the uh, what you know what the facts and then the documents so then it became really important for you to include the documents because you want us to decide yeah I didn't think that they would agree I I thought you know nobody's gonna say yes to put in you know legal documents in there right but obviously, I had to blot out people's names for legal reasons. Um, so on the do- you have the original documents in the book. I've scanned the original documents in, blotted out names, and I've called myself child. But I wanted to put the original documents in to keep the authenticity. If you write the documents, it just doesn't have the same feel. That's true. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. When you're close to finishing a book or when you finished a book, when you felt it was completed, how... How was that experience for you? It, it was um, a relief. <laughs> Definitely a relief. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to go through that anymore. 
Um, no, it, it really was a relief. And um, it was a shock to me as well, because you know, as a person, what you've been through in your life. But when it's there in front of you, you're like, oh, that was a roller coaster, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a big difference. But it felt like it was unleashed in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Like it went on paper, words and paper. But then I had to wrestle because I, I, at the moment I have this system where um, all my memories from that time are locked in little boxes in the back of my head with padlocks on them. And obviously when I wrote the book, they all came out. So I had to wrestle them back in and put them back in their boxes and try and lock them up and, and try and be who I am now again. So because it's, you know, you can't have them floating around in your head because it's it's not healthy. But it's been a few years now since you published What Nobody Knew because mm-hmm. it was published back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a huge task and you you succeeded in finishing a book. Mm-hmm. And what are some plans now since it's been a few years since that book? Since I published that book, obviously I was promoting it for quite a while. And then obviously being being new to it, it's sort of emotionally draining you know constantly promoting and then I was trying to write another one as well Uh, with the first one I went down the self-publishing route because I did not know anything about anything so I had my sloppy manuscript and I sent it to publishers and I didn't do my homework and they said no and I was like but why I'm a genius (laughs) but um no I'm I'm learning as I go along so I have a second book coming out in January which is a follow-on to what nobody knew so that one is about it's about being broken in a normal world so I think that I've got this giant label on my clothing which says that I'm damaged and everybody can see it, but all I'm trying to do is be quiet and fit in. That's all I'm trying to do. So it's the story of how I reinvented myself and became who I am today. It's about the journey of writing the book. It's about being a mother. It's about being a wife. And it's about just trying to fit into society without people knowing the the awful things that I went through that one's also going to be self-published but later 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 um, (laughs) I've just about finished a cat book oh man (laughs) um, and that one I'm going to try and send off through the normal publishing route so I'm actually going to try and send it to publishers and try and learn it better this time (laughs) I like the fact that you know you wrote what nobody knew Mm-hmm. And then the second book is kind of kind of like your next chapter mm-hmm. from so nobody knew. Yeah. Right. And then the, with the cat book, you could see that there's the joy coming from from writing what you wrote and then your future your future plans. You know, there's a big shift and change mm-hmm. which is so amazing to see and to want to read about but they're all going to be non-fiction because obviously the second book is non-fiction as well because it's yeah, about yeah. what you've been going through yeah do you continue to want to do non-fiction beyond this or are there anything maybe fictional in the in the works or in the back of your head you, that you might want to play around with I wanted to do a children's book with my daughter ah because she's nine but the only problem is is that I can't draw to save my life so I have to get an <laughs> illustrator <laughs> <laughs> I think that's um, what most children's authors do. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, no, she wants to do books with me and she's tried to do some writing. And, and so I, I sort of said that, you know, I'd 
consider that but I, I don't know but what nobody knew is one end of the scale and right. is like a completely other end of the scale it's like <laughs> you go right. from one extreme to the other with nobody new being published a few years now do you still get responses to where you have to go back there again versus yeah, absolutely you yeah, know absolutely because people are constantly hearing about it all the time yeah no people um comment all the time because I don't know somebody tells somebody else or somebody tells somebody else and then all of a sudden boom somebody else is reading reading my book you know I get messages on Facebook you know like oh my goodness I read your book it was really inspiring you know um thank you for helping so many people and um yeah you know when you think your book's done and you think okay that's it it's had its run and then it pops up again and surprises you that's great I like that you're still gaining readers throughout and mm. the fact that they can also expect the next chapter beyond what nobody knew well the the only reason I wrote the second one which comes out in January is because people that had read the first one were emailing me saying what happened to this person and what happened to that person um where are you now you know what are you doing now and I was like oh okay and because I had around about 10 messages of people saying this I was like okay well give the people what they want <laughs> obviously I didn't finish it you have to wanted to end <laughs> you have to give us give <laughs> us like a closure with these people you know <laughs> especially especially how heavy your first book is you have to Ooh. you have to let me feel okay <laughs> <laughs> when you finish, as, as an yeah. update right <laughs> but in in response to that though it with what nobody knew I've never had anybody say anything bad about it if you if you look at the reviews nobody there's there's no bad reviews you know nobody said you know anything which is quite surprising you know considering it is my first book from what I've seen so far and from talking to you this is a really raw book in a way that you were honest you were willing to open yourself up and mm -hmm. and to me most people have a guard up especially about a past especially about something we went through you know I've certainly gone through things like that or have friends who go through who've gone through things like that so it's so it's it's nice to be able to read something that was truly honest I read an autobiography a while back about somebody going through this crazy family history. And I was really perturbed by the fact that a lot of people were saying, I don't think it's real. Or I think she exaggerated in these parts. And I was mm. like, exaggerated or not, this was her book. You like it mm. or you don't like it. So I think yeah. with yours, you know, the heavy subject matter, the fact that you just kind of present it a certain way to let us make our own conclusions mm. or decisions. I think that's that's really honorable already. And I think that's why people truly want to get sunk into this. So thank you. <laughs> but the, the reason, like, because so many bad things did happen to me mm -hmm. and I didn't think that I was going to be believed, that's why, again, I put the documents in. So you couldn't say, oh, okay, maybe she's making this up and maybe it didn't happen like this. And, you know, that's a right. bit too much to happen to one person. And that's why I put the documents in because, you know, we've all done it where somebody's gone, oh, well, I don't think that that person, because it doesn't sound believable. Right. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want that sort of stigma with it because it did happen. It, you know, it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Mm. Do you have any last 
minute advice for publishing or or just writing a really emotional book? Any last minute thing you want to say? And anybody that has a story, write it. Because when I was writing mine, I thought nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to want to listen to, you know, the bad things that happened to me. You'd be surprised. Everybody has a story and everybody deserves to be heard. So if you're thinking about writing a book, then do it. You know, you've got nothing to lose at the end of the day. And it might help you the way it's helped me. Also, buy the Writers and Artists Yearbook. As I've learned, it's um, a go-to for everything that you need to do with publishing and (laughs) and book advice and, you know, everything to put you on the right track, which I didn't do the first time around. So it will help you in the end. Gotcha. So where can we get a hold of your books? Since you are in the UK and I'm in the US. (laughs) Oh, well, it's on uh, Amazon US. Okay. Do you have Kobo over there? No, maybe. I I don't know. (laughs) Um, So so Amazon, iBooks. um, Basically, if you Google uh, what nobody knew, then it should come up with everything you need and everywhere that it is. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's available on paperback and Kindle. Well, I want to say thank you for sitting down with me and talking to me about this very personal book. It's definitely opened my eyes on a lot of things, especially how people reacted to your book. And mm. and it's, it is an educational book to where it's okay to have a voice. It's okay to say what you've gone through. Thank you. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. <laughs> I think I'm definitely going to rope you back in when your second book comes out. At this point, your book comes out really soon from when you guys hear this episode. But when we get our hands on your cat book, we're going to... Definitely rub you in for the other podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) I want to say thank you again. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you for for everything. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. All the other information from this episode will be in the show notes. Please support indie authors as well as indie bookstores. And of course, the other podcasts, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where me and Caddy talk about all things books and, well, her cats too. See you then. Bye.